It's kind of one of those things, it's like a duck. You know, you see a duck in the water, right? The duck looks like it's cool, but the duck's freaking working hard under the water. Wow, I'm working hard, working hard. That's how our place is. We look cool, but we're working hard. That's great. Jared, you're still in Texas, right? Still in Texas. Yeah. Yes, sir. Scotty, where are you? Actually, I think it's like the first time we've talked and uh, talked like voice to voice. Yeah. It's yeah, actually that's true. Um, Saskatchewan, Canada. So that's like, you're right. talking about your, your hands being cold. Like fuck we've got, uh, yeah, I'm not allowed to know, talk snow about snow and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm from Michigan, man, but like, uh, that's a long, long time ago that I don't even remember. I was like, we childhood. Yeah. It was a childhood. That's awesome. Okay, you guys hear me? me? All right. Uh, yeah, you're coming through great. Okay. Totally. All right. All so right. phone is, is uh, vibrated and down just in case like my son splits his head open or something. And uh, you always want to be ready for that. Dude. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Parenting. It's like a thing. <laughs> both, both of you guys have kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got two uh, two biological and three uh, stepkids, so five. Awesome. Yeah. And how many Padawans are you guys training right now? Five. Five Padawans. Just my one. Just my one. He he literally woke up today playing with Star Wars paper airplanes that we got for Christmas. Like it's like a booklet. Uh huh. And they're legit. Like they do cool stuff. Like the Millennium Falcon does this weird like turnaround thing and then glides on the ground. Um, it's just the way they're designed and he's like humming like the resistance base theme and you know he's like wake up dad we gotta play oh my gosh I'm like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah i know he's 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 amazing this that kid he he loves he loves his star wars but he's really into the monsters so when we saw the last movie and the chessboard came out we actually bought a dejaric set from uh, galaxy's edge uh, yeah. aka star wars land and he knows all the, the, you know, the character pieces. And he yells in the middle of the theater. He goes, Mentalian Savrip. Like, he points oh, out. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what? You know, well, it's like, yeah, exactly. like, like, shut up, kid. We're trying to enjoy the scene. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were there and we had to pick between uh, Dejaric and Sabak. And we went with Sabak. And, and uh, um, you know, because we, uh, we had actually just watched uh, Solo again. So Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got to do that. Did you, did you go to uh, the California one or the Florida one? We, we went to the California one. Did the, no kidding. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. We were there in October. I was actually down for part of my sabbatical. Uh, so, so it was sort of research time. But we took, took three, uh, three days off of, uh, of that to do part Awesome. So, yeah, it was great. One yeah, of Falcon? So, uh, yeah, did the Falcon. Uh, they didn't have the Rise of Resistance yet, so I was bummed nah. about that. But, uh, yeah, it's coming out like this month or something. Yeah. Well, I've heard lots of, well, after they got through the bugs in World in Orlando that, yeah. uh, you know, that it's actually pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, there's a Disney Plus special on it. Like yeah. an engineering special. Like what it's supposed to, it, it looks incredible. Like, I don't know, man. I might have to have a career change. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's awesome. All right. Oh, I'm ready to go. All right. Well, yeah, it's, we're recording. Nothing left to do. Um, 
we have Ben Fung, who is who's Dak Ralter right now. Is that how we're going to say that name? Dak. Dak, Dak Ralter. Dak, Dak Ralter. Dak And Jedi, <laughs> Jedi Master Scotty, of course. Um, all right, so – it is oh, but you're, you're, you're a Wedge Antilles, though. Can, gotta, yeah, yeah, shout out to Wedge Antilles. Shout out. Yeah. shout out to Wedge. The, the, only, the only rogue squadron member to fight in every major battle and survive, I believe. Yes. How crazy is that? Yeah, at least on, on camera. We're not sure about, like, Wes Jansen and stuff. Because, like, I don't think he showed up in, in episode six. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So and I know that was a little bit of controversy that I was reading today, actually, because oh. Wedge, of course, you know, first of all, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, seriously, guys, this is a <laughs> massive spoiler. We're talking it's, like everything. If you haven't seen the movie, you're you know committing a mortal sin. Yeah. Well, they haven't seen the movie is the mortal sin, but uh, you know the fact that like as if we're not gonna freaking give spoilers in this, like. You shouldn't oh, have yeah. even tuned in. <laughs> like if you if you were if you were worried about spoilers, you had no business tuning in on this thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. And uh, talk and, about that controversy. The, oh, yeah, uh, some some wedge controversy, of course. Um, you know, so there, of course, there's a lot of things that that have caused some uh, you know some rifts and and some divisiveness among the fandom. But some people were complaining that Wedge, uh, his cameo, of course, was too short. And they would have rather seen him in an X-wing instead of, you know, just at the helm of the. Uh, oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's what. Well, I mean, if you it, it, there's uh there's that Poe Dameron book that I think it was a uh, resistance. I read a couple of chapters. My wife, I think, finished it. I need to finish it. But it actually talks about Wedge being more of like a like a civilian leader in the age of the New Republic um, yes. when the was still there and that kind of stuff so like he had long given up like piloting so honestly i was just happy to see him yeah, totally. <laughs> you well, know like with, yeah. with his presence in in the um the the new canon expanded stuff so uh so throughout the um uh throughout the aftermath books and then the uh, resistance reborn the book that you just mentioned is like he's he's so integral to the to the story there but it does set him up as as the guy that didn't want to join right like he's, mm-hmm. he's retired he hasn't he hasn't flown so he, i mean he's probably hasn't seen an x-wing in 30 years exactly you know he's been a civilian you know he i mean he flipping did his job he defected from like you, you i think you, the earliest canon you see him the new canon the disney canon i think was in rebels right they're in the y-wing based production i think on sullust and him and uh actually i think it's west jansen i think him and west jansen defected uh, helped hera and ezra and i think sabine was on the ground as well it's crazy i actually remember this like episode by episode because <laughs> yeah. you know things that matter like like screw the economy man but we got to get the star wars canon stuff right and um you know like he, he uh you know he, he already did his job he defected from the empire like he fought in three major battles and survived and like you know the survival rate of rogue squadron was like zero <laughs> you know like we have one so yeah i don't blame him for not showing up in in x-wing he did his time already, for sure. Uh, and how do you guys feel about? Because how long ago did Disney buy Star Wars? Do you know? Oh man, gotta throw up the Wikipedia on this one. When? I hope everybody can hear the the clicking and clacking. When did Disney buy Star Wars? Bam! 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 Dang! Really? That long ago? Twenty twelve? Eight years yeah. ago? Twenty twelve? Okay. I did not was, know that. 
was there any concern of you at the time that oh crap disney's gonna buy star wars this is gonna change <laughs> oh. <canon>. scotty <laughs> you go first man <laughs> yeah um, yeah i, I think I think Dak has a uh, can of worms that you've just opened uh, for him. But uh, um, I actually, I, I didn't mind the idea, to be honest. Um, I, know, I know a lot of fans were really opposed to it. Uh, but, but being honest, and this is obviously not the case for, uh, for many fans, but I, I actually didn't follow the expanded universe prior to Disney. I, I've followed it religiously since Disney. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, of the expanded universe as they've developed it. But every, you know, people are talking about, Oh, they should have brought in so-and-so from the expanded universe. And I'm, I, I don't know. I don't really care that much. It's like, I, I actually like, I like the way Disney is, has treated this. I mean, maybe I'm a, an anomaly, but, uh, but anyway, like, I, I'm happy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. Let me say this. Number one, I'm happy. Number two, I'm like a, I don't know what you call it. Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, a happy fan. We already made the family guy reference. So like inappropriate joke, number one warning, like yeah. uncharacteristically coming from, from Ben Fung here. Uh, <laughs> there, there's an explicit on this tag. On this okay. Tag. Okay. Good. Good. It's like, I, I think I've cussed like once ever publicly. <laughs> so, anyway, like, so it's like the whole, like, uh, you know, Dak Walter, who, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Dak Walter was the, um, the rogue squadron member that fought in the battle of Hoth as Luke Skywalker, Snowspeeder, gunner, uh, the, um, you know, the rear facing gunner. And there's actually a, uh, family guy reference to this. And he kind of runs out there saying his classic line of, I feel like I take on the whole empire myself. Right. And, and then, uh, in the family guy rendition, he gets sent out there by himself and he, he taunts the uh, empire is going, what's up guys get ready to suck some Dak and then gets blown up <laughs> and I felt like that might have been the case like coming with Disney taking over that's like the reference there because I was a huge fan of the expanded universe now legends um you know like Thrawn before he was Thrawn like all that kind of stuff and there's all already like the uh, uh the Rogue Squadron books the Race Squadron books the Bounty Hunter Awards the Back to Wars like it was a huge deal and I loved keeping up with that stuff um and so it's a little bit bittersweet but at the same time like I'm one of those happy fans, and that's the Family Guy reference number two with, uh, with Cleveland. Like, I like being happy. <laughs> you know, like, I, I really, I like being a happy fan. So I actually haven't really been disappointed, per se, um, in some of the Disney rewrites and retcons. Like, it's, it's, you know, some of it's kind of like, oh, you know, like, that's kind of a shame. But then I prefer to have, like, a living canon rather than something that's just completely done. Because uh, now we get to continue to enjoy it. We get to share it with future generations, you know. Like, it's not necessarily our story to tell, but it's our story to enjoy. So, I actually really do like how things um, ultimately went with the way The Rise of Skywalker kind of wrapped up this part of the saga. Um, it actually answered a lot of questions. And even The Last Jedi, which a lot of people really hated, answered a lot of questions for me from like a a technological canon standpoint like um you know how blaster bolts work in distance and how they fire a little bit more like you know musket balls than they really do <laughs> like laser bolts you know and like they have like a, a limited distance and that's why you know probably stormtroopers can't hit anything because they fly more like musket balls rather than rifle rounds like stuff sure. like that so, and the holdo maneuver of course exactly the holdo maneuver now like the sacrifice plays which you're kind of surprised they didn't do more of that now that she kind of laid that one open um but then it's also kind of fun because um you know, they made reference to that in, in, in The Rise of Skywalker and how, like, I, I forget if the quote's like, you know, uh, Finn saying that movie or that move is one in a million. 
but you know it, yeah. it gives you the hint that it's actually it was, not um, easy to fly it, and it wasn't finn actually it was the uh dominic uh, monahan uh, character uh um right he mentioned that that we wanted to like we should do some hold on maneuvers yeah <laughs> that's right just do some oh yeah and then finn responded it's like one in a million yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah which which I, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like that in in the Rise of Skywalker. I I totally agree that it, it uh, you know it it was a a really good wrap up. Uh, but there were some things associated with the movie like that that it's like, oh, okay, well, let's just retcon what Ryan Johnson did because you know who the fuck likes what Ryan Johnson did except for like us happy fans, right? Because I don't I liked it. <laughs> no, I so, thought it was great. I I actually liked the message. You know, let old things die. Like this is a new saga with new characters with a new story arc you know and it's kind of you know what it really reminded me of game of thrones i actually have this like you know my dad blog thing that i kind of just journal for myself and, and my family i actually have this like waiting article i was waiting for this move the final movie to come out and it was about how like it made me a better parent because you have to kind of work with that you have to work with the story that is told and that's one of the reasons i actually really like game of thrones is stuff doesn't happen the way you want it Stuff happens the way like the ugly evil world allows it to happen, uh, and it sucks for most you know of the good guys. And like in, in this you know third like the the third part of the nine part trilogy, you know like stuff isn't happening great for the good guys. Like it's a sucky situation, but it's it's life. I mean, yes, it's fantasy life, but like fuck, that's real life for most of us, right? Um, yeah. yeah, but it's no, I, 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 to me, that's the biggest thing is is that. You know, we, if you, I, I think back to, like, I was a kid with, uh, um, when the original series came out, but, um, you know, there was no social media, there was no, you know, like, everybody's entitled to their opinion to the world kind of concept, because there was no venue for that, right? But there's a venue for everybody to fucking speak their mind and say, well, this sucks, it's not the way I wanted it to go, man, Luke wouldn't have done this, and, you know, and all that shit, but it's, but you're absolutely right, it's the, it's the story that they're telling, like, we're not the guys out there telling the story we're we're the fans that are enjoying it and yeah shit it didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen but it happened in in a way that someone with a creative vision did it and it's still star wars and it's it's you know to me this is epitomizes the last three movies here is that yeah it's it's different but man is it star wars and it and it rocks because it is unexpected Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the whole thing, like the scale of it was one of the things that I feel was both good and bad. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings. You have this huge charge of the Rohirrim. There's only supposed to be like, you know, 500 of them, but the CGI is like a million. <laughs> a million horse riders coming down, you know, and, and, and the same thing with like the Sith uh, fleet and all that stuff so much. Like where do they get the resources? How do they conscript so many people? Do yeah. they clone them? You know, so many questions. But that's also the beauty of Star Wars, right? It's uh, another you know, fantasy, like this is me totally exposing my super nerdum, but you know, it's a quote from uh, Firefly where, uh, you know, Zoe goes, you know, uh, you know, what does that make us? And Zoe goes, big damn heroes. Like everyone in Star Wars is a big damn hero. There's a huge unrelenting backstory to every single character that gets like a blip on screen time. Yeah. But that's what makes it beautiful. Cause now you get to explore that. Like you don't need to yeah. be disappointed that, you know, we didn't get complete development of somebody's character because now you get to do it after the movie. Totally. And it's the, the, the beauty of actually bringing in this larger content. And that's one of the things that I, I really liked about um, particularly the, um, the uh, Rise of Skywalker was that how much it brought in lar larger content from, uh, from every venue. Um, every. Within, 
yeah, like not, not just, not just the books, like we're talking the comics, we're talking the video games, we're talking yeah. even the live action, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge content. Oh, all yes, ties absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and like Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, uh, the video game thing was incredible to me because I, uh, I actually played through the story of Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the characters there were also included with uh, Rise of the, uh, not Rise of Resistance, but Resistance Reborn. Um, and like, to me, all that tie-in w- was huge because, you know, like it, it even gave you this idea, like a little nod to the uh, Force planets um, in the Clone Wars where there was like a father of the Force and there was a daughter yeah. of the light and yep. the darkness, you know, and it and, and actually gave Anakin his prophecy of becoming Darth Vader and he couldn't take it. And so the father of the Force, uh, you know, wipes it from their memories. But um, it kind of gives that nod of like a greater dimension, you know, and like, you know, like it's, I'm also one of those weirdos. I'm also a huge Star Trek fan, you know, and so there's like alternate realities that are thrown in there. And then we're kind of used to that now with, uh, with the MCU, uh, with multiple dimensions, multiple realities. And I think that's actually a great storytelling uh, mechanism. Uh, it, it's showing kind of a larger philosophical uh, landscape across from like the substantive world that we get to enjoy as, uh, as the audience. And, and I mean, I, I also think that that's a downside of the more casual fan watching these shows and why they don't understand them as much. Um, like, like, oh, let me use my, uh, my family as an example. They're, uh, they're, they're really, really big uh, third trilogy fans. Like, they really like the, the new three ones, but they, they, they weren't really Star Wars fans prior. My, my kids kind of, my biological kids grew up on uh, Star Wars, so, so they kind of know the whole thing. But, um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that happened that like, Scotty, what's that about? What's that about? Like, you know, they, they, right, they, they know, where did to. this come from? And so then, you know, I go into this one hour diatribe about, you know, what's, where that came from right because i'm like my jaws dropped at, a, at some obscure reference and they're like what yeah. um but but this this is the problem i think for for some people is that they don't they didn't get the opportunity to see these tie-ins and so i i understand the frustration of some fans but it's like you're not fan enough which which is a shitty thing to say but it's you're true. not fan enough <laughs> fan up man yeah that's right <laughs> No, I mean, so, I get it, and and I agree. But now you have the opportunity, right, with Disney Plus. Yes. We're, by by the way, I'm not paid to say this. <laughs> is there a commission you get for that? Right, right, right. It's like the oh, whose commercial was it? Was it Shaq's commercial with like Sprite or Seven Up? Every single time he took a drink, um, like the money Cha Ching sound kept you know pumping up, and like there's like a money oh, counter. No. It's an old, <laughs> old old commercial. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. So great, great wrap up. Um, and it's, it's pretty wild to think about. I think my girlfriend found this stat that we were talking about yesterday of uh, for the past, I guess, I guess it was for the year of 2019, the biggest box office, the biggest box office uh, movies, 80% of them were Disney movies, right? With MCU now being Disney, Star Wars being Disney. I think Dis- there was just a Disney and Fox merger as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did- yep. It's pretty scary how dominating Disney is as a company, right? Yeah, they own everything. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, um, it's interesting though, like how, how big they are and, and how scary they can be. Um, just cause like anything big, I think is inherently scary, uh, but they also do things right. I feel in yeah. many ways, you know, like there's things you, they could be doing better. Um, but I, I really like the Disney philosophy of production, you know, like it's, um, if you watch a uh, Disney Plus show, right, uh, the Imagineering story, like 
so much of the entertainment technology that we have is, is thanks to the Walt Disney Company um, and, and just them willing to create like a, a, another layer of detail upon storytelling um, that was previously seen as like, I don't know, like almost like gratuitous, you know, like yeah. it's one of those like, it's like, you know, who needs gravy? Like everyone needs gravy. <laughs> Right. Like everything could use more gravy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's just, you know, that's why they did it. And it was incredible. Like the, um, I think it was uh, Sleeping Beauty. There's this like one, like 14 second scene where Aurora walks through and spins around and like half the forest animals, like kind of spin with her. Mm-hmm. And like that one scene almost broke the entire studio. Like that would have ended the Walt Disney company if they didn't get that done on time. Uh, but they, you know, but that also redefined everything that you could do from like a top-down animation shooter, hand-drawn, and then now there's just more possibilities and more possibilities. Yeah. Hell yeah. And now, too, I know you guys mentioned, uh, you know, Disney and, and um, how the movies are now taking things from Rebels and video games. Also, to mention technology, Vader Immortal, the VR game. Have y'all had a chance to play that? No. No, I haven't yeah. either. Yeah, so you know, leading up to the Rise of Skywalker, of course, I've been nerding out on as you do with YouTube channels, and and now we're at this <laughs> point in pop culture where there's a thing where you just watch other people play video games on YouTube, and that's a thing that I've been doing. <laughs> right? It's so fun. You, you can make it's... a lot of money doing that crap too. Yes, you like... can. You can absolutely. Wow. It's yeah, awesome. You can... So that's a good, that's a worthwhile one. Are, are you, are you Vader in VR or are you like facing off against Vader, like at the void in downtown Disney? So, and I, I'm going to do my best uh, explanation of this as somebody that's watched somebody else play this game online. You are, I think you are uh, either a Jedi or a, a rebel, a rebel uh, soldier. But the point is, and here we're about to go deep in this, so let me know if this, this sounds familiar, and then we'll tie into how this is related to Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Uh, and you, you guys are probably, you, you're, you, you guys are going to know the names better than I do. Uh, Lady Mustafar. Uh, oh, I forgot her name. I pulled up. But the Queen of Mustafar, you are playing a descendant of this person. Hmm. Uh, let me see your name. Queen of Mustafar. And speaking You're, of, that's where uh, Ray, uh, not Ray, that's where, where Kylo Ren found the first, uh, the two Wayfinders. He's actually duking it out on Mustafar with whoever was guarding that stuff. And yeah. uh, we don't know why yet, you know, or at least it wasn't clearly, uh, I, I haven't dug into that yet. Like I'm kind of just still, I'm still enjoying it. You know, like, I'll dig in when I'm ready to like, you know, get crazy. <laughs> So yeah. ab- apparently on the, the, one of the things you have to do, I mean, if you're, if you're a fan, that's even a casual fan, like if you want to know like little tidbits of how this ties in, it's the visual dictionaries that, that yes. you need to look at. Like they're quick little things, but in the, in the visual dic- dictionary for the rise of Skywalker, they explained that, um, that there were these two, um, there were these two wayfinders, one to Vader, one to uh, Sidious. And of course the ones on the Death Star, but the other one then is on Vader's castle in on in Mustafar. Yeah. yeah and that's that's how that's how uh kylo ren ends up ends up figuring this out is is through this uh wayfinder but um but you know obviously you know vader being from mustafar and then having his castle in this place on mustafar um that would make it makes total sense when you see it but you know it, it's interesting that they don't ever mention that in the movie you have to get that from the book yeah. I love that though. I love I love the visual dictionaries because it, it gives you so much detail. Like like 
um, before we started recording, um, I made mention that my son has been playing with uh, Star Wars ships, paper airplanes. It came from like a, a Christmas booklet thing. And um, my favorite ship of the old days, uh, and it still is, which is why I got, I, I lost my mind in the final battle, is the Y-Wing. I flipping love the Y-Wings. I think they're simple. You know, they're, they're like a shout out to the old school um, B-17 World War II bombers. You just go straight at it and hope nothing bad happens. And, uh, and, and actually, um, if you watch all the stuff, you'll notice that the Y-Wings from the um, Galactic Republic age uh, had a better armored like um, engine chassis. And during the uh, Battle of Yavin and, and in future you know, battles, it shows that that area has been stripped down and that's because it was too hard to maintain. It, it was better you know, for like the pilots. And so they showed that in the Clone Wars, but you know, it, it gave you like a little hint of that. And in that booklet was kind of like a visual dictionary piece of like why the, the quote newer, uh, Y wings, or maybe you can call it the older Y wings, like further away from the battle of Yavin, uh, look so beat up. It's like, there's no parts, you know, it's an old space. It's an old ship and you know, the B wings came along and you know, there's nothing to repair it with. Awfully quiet. Are we still connected? Yeah, yeah, still there. Still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, still, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking all that in. It's a lot. It's a lot of taking. Like, oh my gosh, Ben Fung has a you know his his investment in Star Wars is like way deeper than we anticipated. <laughs> it's it's I, crazy. I, I'm feeling ad- I'm feeling inadequate here because because uh, I, I you know there's a level of detail there, Ben. That's like holy shit. Like you know, so, some some awesome. of us some of us are knights, some of us are masters. You know, some of us don't deserve to be on the Jedi council and that's okay. Oh man. No, man. No, there's, I mean, honestly, if anybody deserves to be on the Jedi council, uh, or maybe the Sith council uh, more appropriately, um, you know, shameless plug, it would be my wife. Uh, wow. she is way more like, I'm a fan of the lore and the technology. Um, but man, is she a fan of like the entire fandom? Um, she was a star Wars fan, like, uh, you know, of the ages she came in and, and Scotty, this, this points, to your thing about how there's generations of fans, right? Like she came in with the prequels. Um, you, know, you and I came in from uh, the original trilogies and then now there's these new generations of, of like, you know, seven, eight, nine. Uh, and, and she actually, uh, she's a 501st um, club member, the 501st uh, originally oh, known as uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, and you're really into Star Wars, here's a shameless plug. I'm not part of it. I'm not paid to say it. But the 501st Squadron was first listed as an Imperial, um, or Legion rather, it was, it was a Stormtrooper Legion under Vader, like his personal Legion, and it's called Vader's Fist. It has since expanded um, due to a lot of charitable uh, you know, events and life uh, challenges from the founders, and it became a costuming club. And so they're the, one of the only sanctioned uh, like Disney Lucas Arts sanctioned costuming clubs, uh, they actually showed up uh, in the last movie. Like all, uh, like all, I think the Stormtrooper stuff was them minus the CGI stuff. Uh, they showed up in the uh, march uh, of the attack against the uh, Jedi Temple when Anakin in Episode Three showed up with all the clone troopers. Those are all five hundred first, and um, you get to do what they consider screen accurate costumes, uh, and you show up to different things. And I mean, when I when I say like council level. My wife attended the red carpet for the solo movie, you know, like cheek to cheek with uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Like that, that, that's her level of fandom, you know, like here I am, like, like I'm looking at my pops in my room and my figures. She's the one that like invests her time, you know, like dressing up as a TIE fighter pilot, you know, showing up to children's hospital events uh, and going to red carpet stuff. 
Like that's awesome. That, that's like that's a whole nother level of, of, of fan dedication there. Well, funny story. And that's amazing. Uh, funny stories. I actually came across her on Instagram having no idea that she was your wife and not, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm married and, you know, so it's not like it's, you know, it's one of those weird things, but, but, you know, she, she's just posting so much cool stuff about star Wars. And of course her handle is like, like an amazing star Wars handle. Mm -hmm. And, and then I, I made the connection after kind of creeping on some of her star Wars stuff. And I was like, Holy shit. I, I actually know this person sort of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how small the world it is, which is amazing to me, you know? And, uh, I think that's one of the things that they've really shown at Star Wars Celebration um, is uh, that it connects people like of all walks of life. Like it's one of those rare places that I mean, we can bicker about the lore and the fandom as fans, but in the end, we're still all fans. I feel like there's almost a life lesson there. It's the force that joins us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, to, to nerd out again, Lady Corvax is who I was referring to. Uh, um, yeah. Lady Corvax from Mustafar. The end of the, Mustafar, the, end of the uh, Vader Immortal game, you, you go to the, the world between worlds that they talked about in, in Rebels, I think. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. So that, they bring that in there, and that's how like, they, they save your ass from Vader about to kill you. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and there's something with uh, the bright star that they call where you get to restore the planet of Mustafar. And there's this cool VR thing at the end where like the, the branches and the trees, uh, you know, stem up from, from the ground and it, and it ceases to become this molten lava planet. So they made reference to that in the movie where you can see there's actually like trees on Mustafar where, where Kylo's killing all these people now. So that was a cool thing. That's awesome. See, that's what I love about it. Like, like, that's one of the biggest, like, kind of moments I feel with this new trilogy and, like, the Rise of Skywalker um, wrap-up was, like, The Force Awakens. Like, that's what it meant. Like, The Force Awakened. You know, like, you kind of had the hint of it with Broom Boy at the end of uh, Episode 8, The Last Broom Jedi. Broom Boy. Broom Boy. Yeah. Right? And everybody's all mad, right? Where's Broom Boy? He should have showed up. He should have been a youngling, blah, 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 right? And I was like, it didn't have to be that way. Like, what it showed was that many people that may not have had, you know, force sensitive uh, lineages now can tap into the force, you know, and, and, and there's just more of it. There's more, more of the galaxy to explore. And, and to me, that that's a fantastic thing. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I've heard the people say the same thing about, uh, you know, wishing there was room boy in it, but you know what? He will be, there, there is no doubt that in <laughs> some canonical um format whether it's comic or whatever he will come back and there's there's you know that's that is the beauty of what we're talking about with this being such a huge huge thing in life that it's not just the movies you know because he will it, it just might not be movie form. all right i think you're right i mean it's, it's just too too good not to to use you know um like cameo, people love that stuff now. Like you know, cameos and and, and how you link things back. Like uh, I think what like Robin uh, from uh, Dark Knight Rises, right? Like what ended up being the little kid from uh, uh, from the uh, the Arkham area of. See, I, I'm not a DC yeah, fan. I'm the same. Is so so I like Star Trek as well as DC Marvel, but I mean I'm always going to be a Star Wars fan, like I'm a Marvel fan. But but I do know what the reference you're talking about. He's sitting on the balcony, right? 
Yeah, um, yeah, and he, yeah, that's like this little like you know widget tool from um, from Bruce Wayne, and you know like he's trying to you know kick through all that weird blue f- the, the rare blue flower at the top of the uh, <laughs> top oh, of the tree. Oh yeah, there's that voice acting talent again, dude. I flipping love voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> so so I I mean I I, I really want to talk about cameos and voices here because like this Woo! is I mean that's a this is a really nice time that that, that that's a huge scene man take uh, it. Oh, holy crap. Like, again, you know, to me, this is the, the beauty of the Rise of Skywalker. And the thing that I love the most about it is all these tie-ins. And so, like, how amazing was that scene where Ray's lying on her back on Exegol, just like, I'm dead, almost. And, you know, I need the strength of a thousand generations of Jedi yes. to help me rise up. Yes. And then she just does with the power of the Force. I mean, it killed her in the end sort of but like, <laughs> how amazing that it that it bridges so many of the of the content that not only people really know about like obi-wan and and anakin and vader and you know but but to get into like kane and jarrus mm-hmm. right and uh, oh and ahsoka i love yes. the character of ahsoka yeah. fantastic yeah. You know, and, and, and then getting into all that stuff, like how amazing was it just to bring all that together into a single, like this is really what Ray's purpose is and where, where, she, where she's coming from and what she's for is, uh, I, it, to me, it was the most amazing scene. Hell yeah. Now, Bridget on that, I, I still need to catch it. I, I swear, and I, I tried to talk to my wife about it and she, she didn't really catch the words, but I thought I, I heard Palpatine say something like, um, you know, like, like he addresses the, what looks like a Sith crowd that may or may not physically yeah. be there, right? Yep. But I thought he used like a partial word that sounded like midichlorians, but it was something else chlorians. Did you guys catch that? Ooh, I no. Did. When was this? This was before the, the Force Ghost scene? So, yeah, so it was right before Palpatine uh, takes the power of the dyad from, from uh, Kylo Ren and from Rey. And it's right before he goes, look what you have made. Right, like right before he yeah. says that, like and he and he's you know addressing it's it's the whole uh you know it's like syndrome from the Incredibles. You caught me monologuing, right? And uh, he's talking and he he addresses the crowd, and I was unclear if they were physically there or they were like projections of the Force, like all the previous Sith ghosts, if you will. Um, but I swear he said something like instead of midi chlorians, it was like chlorians, you know, and like he he kind of went on his little. <laughs> Uh, you know, dark side of the forest diatribe before he uh, blew the hell out of the sky, and yeah. I, I'm I'm waiting for that. Like I, 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 I want to see the movie just for that. Like I want to know what he said there. I, I might have been um, imagining it, but it was one of the things that. Well, a first, let me put it on the record here because it was here on the Duck Legs podcast that I was. Oh. I said when we talked about when we talked about Force Awakens, I said Ray is a Palpatine. Like, I think that's yes. the coolest thing that they could do. So thank you. Right. And even though it might've been obvious from like a retcon perspective when Ryan Johnson, you know, theoretically destroyed everything, but I felt like it was needed. Like how mad do you think people were at the end of empire strikes back? Oh, totally. like, right. Like I would have been so mad. Like you took all of my heroes and thrashed them. We don't even know if Han Solo is alive. Right. Like I, I would have yeah. been so just as an audience member but but for most of the fandom you know casual and serious and even you know the original ones like that watched it in the theaters like you must like we th- we see this as like one of the, the biggest masterpieces of all time is, is is the empire strikes back right it's is, is heralded as one of the best 
of Star Wars movies because the bad guy actually wins. And ranked, you have, ranked as most people's number one, right? Right, yep. exactly. Yep. So, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I want to I, I go back there because I, I want to know what they said with the whole, uh, you know, the Chlorians thing. Because I'm not even mad about the midi Chlorians. Like, that's fine. Like, I can work with that. Like, it's, it doesn't destroy the, the essence of Star Wars per se. Um, like, some things were destroyed, but at the same time, it wasn't. Like, people are all mad because it's supposed to take a lot of force, energy, and control to use a, a lightsaber. Um, but at the same time, we see Han just kind of light it up like a flashlight and slice open the Tauntaun. <laughs> you know, it's like, apparently it didn't take that much training, you know? And um, it, it was the whole idea that the Sith compounded their power. And I think I actually posted that on social media. I was like, what if Palpatine cannibalizes all of his, like, what if he is actually Plagueis? You know, what if he cannibalizes all of his, his, uh, his force progeny because that's how the Sith multiply, you know, and, and it changed when the Sith empire was defeated by the first or the, uh, the, the old Republic Jedi order. Um, <laughs> during that war. Uh, and you know, it turns out that in a, in a certain way, that theory is correct. Mm. And, and I think that's also pretty cool. Yeah, totally. The, um, what, what's, uh, what I, I didn't catch that and I'm going to go back and watch that again and listen really like, I don't know if it was Chlorians, but I, but I mean, he was saying a whole lot of shit that like, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't get. Um, but the, uh, what, what's super cool about it is that, um, so in reading some of the stuff about the, um, visual dictionary and, and that is that these, uh, so the people apparently were there, they weren't, they weren't force ghosts of, of ah. Sith, right. They, they were, um, these Sith, um, cultists, right. That, that basically they set up the Sith Citadel on Exegol and, uh, it's been there for long before, uh, Palpatine was Sidious or, you know, and, and this is, this is like the long game that, uh, that Palpatine is playing. And um, that, uh, that, you know, he knew about all this stuff and he knew that there was uh, all this going on. And there's, there's these actual Sith, like, mystical like acolytes. people. Yeah, acolytes. Like acolytes, exactly what I was gonna, where I was going with this, is that, again, tying back to, uh, to some of the other stuff out there. And, and, you know, it makes total sense when you hear that, oh, well, Ochi, the guy that, um, you know, was the one that uh, tried to take Ray back to, back to Exegol, right? And ultimately got killed, you know, looking for the Wayfinder. Um, he... He was apparently an acolyte, uh, mm-hmm. acolyte of the beyond, and you know, it's, it, is there a tie-in with the Knights of Ren, all that kind of stuff? You can you can debate that, but um, these these guys were actually part of that, and so um, what they talked about is that this is a ritual that that, and it really didn't seem from the movie that it was a new ritual. Like like I agree, right. this, this ritual this, is something's been going been on there forever. For all time. Yeah, yeah, that was the secret of cheating death. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Holy crap. I love that though. I mean, because it gives so much meaning. About uh, Mando and. and uh, Mando! Yeah, with the. Um, oh, Mando. Ra- razor, <laughs> ra- razor, with the Razor Crest being in. And, and Jared Reese, do you actually, like, you haven't seen The Mandalorian or what? I haven't. I've been following along via oh, YouTube. Oh, no. what? So, yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna be uh, shamed into getting it soon and, and watching the full episodes. Yeah, especially right. if I'm, re- the I'm renaming myself as Dangar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys know Dangar? I don't. Scotty? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. FYI, Dangar, diggity Dangar, is the guy with the turban and like really beat up face. Uh, he's one of the. Uh, <laughs> it's like one shot panned across his face in the Empire Strikes Back. He is a uh, bounty hunter. Yep. 
Okay. Looking him up on very, Wikipedia. Yeah, very, very, very effective uh, playable character, by the way, in Star Wars Galaxy's Heroes, the mobile game. Very fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Razor Crest was in there? Yeah, man. It's – uh, if uh, when the when the falcon comes in it was just kind of below the tantive uh okay. tantive floor so just uh, just to a little bit on the left hand side facing the falcon uh just kind of below it so Man, yeah i got to see that yeah so cool well i think we know where that one's going <laughs> yeah. incredible i actually got the the uh the razor crest for my son it was a a hot wheels toy um and uh it was like really really random buy like i i i dropped him off at a club and uh went to just like you know run some errands and i was like no there's coals over there i wonder if they have any kind of christmas gifts in there they have this whole like kid star wars section and in there was like the razor crest of all things and even the uh the the uh slight spoiler not not a huge one for for you jared but but the uh the atst that got repaired um that was shown in the Mandalorian and it had that very version in there. So I, I of course had to That's pick all awesome. this up. Well, of course. Yeah. I can't, you can't leave that kind of gold on the shelf. No, not at all. It's got to live yeah, on man. your shelf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's somewhere in his bedroom. I'm sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably like, it'll probably stab me, you know, and like give me like plantar fasciitis for a week or something tonight. Like yeah. Stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, it'd be worth it. It's yeah, so I I feel like I want to I want to talk about Mando, but Jared, like man, go for it, so go he, for it. Oh well, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it for you. Do you do you know about the big thing at the end, the last episode, like what kind of what shows up? So I I have been following along via YouTube channels. I are we referring to the the black saber, the dark saber, dark, dark saber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Which that was that, a huge shout out. It's awesome. It's so good. And like where, where they can take, take that from, from that point of view, right. Is, is okay. So, so this guy, is he, I mean, he, he obviously had some impact on the purge of the Mandalorians and, you know, some impact on uh, the, the larger world in the, in the, in sort of the Mandalore, right. The, the head of the Mandalorians, right. You know, and so did he, like, did he kill them? Did he, you know, like, like at one point in time, like this, this thing has been at the top of Mandalorian culture, you know, I mean, wow, I just want to know how he got it. Like, right. how, how did he tie in? I think is, you know, at one point it belonged to Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. She eventually gave it off to the rightful heir of Mandalore. Um, yeah. So, you know, and it's by tradition, a weapon you earn in combat, you know, it's like a, like a Black Panther thing, you know? And mm. so, you know, like, what's the deal? How did that happen? Like, that's the other, like, I'm really interested in, in seeing how the lore is fleshed out for the first order. Um, like how, like how did they have the economy, you know? And like, I know there's a huge unknown regions of space cause that's theoretically where, um, is it the, is it the she's or the chiz? Uh, it's, um, it's the race for, for grand animal Thrawn. Like that's supposed to be like a whole nother area of this galaxy, you know? And there's, yeah. there's theories on there that, that Thrawn served Palpatine only to keep, uh, the empire away from that area of space. So who knows? Yeah. The, uh, 
um, you know, in terms of the, I, like I, every time I go back and reread, like I'm rereading the aftermath series right now, actually. And nice. it's, yeah. It, and it, it's so awesome after seeing, after seeing the rise of Skywalker and going like, Oh, you know, this is why, you know, his obsession with the unknown regions and, and uh, you know, the, why they started sending some ships out there. And, and it's like, yeah, he's been building this fleet for, you know, decades and if not centuries, depending on, you know, like you say, is, is it been him this whole time, you know, even with Plagueis and before, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So he's had time to like make this happen, you know, and oh, no, I, I love <laughs> it. I, I it's, it, it's very fulfilling to me. And, and I've watched the movie three times. Um, and each time I saw it, I liked it more, you know, and like, I know there's some initial, how things were obvious i'm pretty sure the title the return of the jedi made it obvious that luke skywalker was gonna win in episode six i'm just saying so like you know like i don't i don't think that obviousness is necessarily a bad thing you know it's kind of like watching uh you know game of thrones or or lord of the rings like so much of this stuff not so much game of thrones but uh you know all those stories were already written you know like we knew how those stories were gonna gonna pan out so the question was really how were they gonna be told you know, on the, uh, you know, on the big screen. Yeah. But that's the, that's the interesting parallel between the final season of uh, Game of Thrones and, and, and particularly the Rise of, uh, Rise of Skywalker is that, you know, from a fan perspective, like this is, this is why people are so pissed off at both of those is there wasn't a story there that right, people knew it. what was going to happen. And I mean, that can, that can totally piss, piss people off. Right. Cause uh, you know, they wanted it to happen. Like I, I mean, I wanted so much, you know, as a, as a fan to have Bran be the in, instrument of everything and, and to show how his uh, flashbacks or his, you know, whatever he was working out to do, like, you know, to actually that he instrumented the whole thing, right? Like that's, I desperately wanted that. Right. He was Brand the Builder. Right, right, exactly. You know, and, you know, had some influence on the original Night King before he became the Night King and so on. But it's, you know, as, as you say, I, I'm also a happy fan. And so I go, oh crap, that didn't happen. And I'm, you know, you, you have a little disappointment. It's like, oh, it's still pretty epic. Like the way everything ended up happening and the way they told the story. So I mean, it's, that's what I like about not having a story behind it is because you, yeah, the title might give it away a bit, but to a certain extent, it's like, oh, this is all so brand new. It's just amazing just to see what they've come up with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and like, and it's, it's good to have those moments. And like, for me, it's funny because like, my wife was so obvious that Kylo Ren and Ray were going to kiss, right? And I was like, I didn't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sure of it, you know, like, thought they might have hugged or something, right? But like... And firm firm handshake. Point, yeah, exactly, right? Fist bump, elbow bump, but you know, force bump, anything. But the <laughs> only kiss that happened so far was Rose Tico with Finn. You know, like sharing her little message of like, you know, you win by preserving what you love. Yeah. And I wasn't sure about it. Like I was like, I mean, they looked it, but you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> any other any other criticisms of the rise of Skywalker from from the happy fans perspective? Right, <laughs> like we love, we love all that stuff. I mean, you can, you, you can. I don't know. I, I don't like looking at movies like this from a film critic perspective because it's. I mean, is there ever a perfect movie? I mean, as much as you can argue, like, oh yeah, well, Empire was pretty perfect. It's like, come on, there are plot holes throughout that that movie that, like, you know, they still haven't been filled. 
and you you can pick it apart. I I just I I agree with Ben, you know, in saying like be a happy fan and just let it go. Um, I I'm willing to let any plot holes go, knowing that probably they're going to get filled by this expanded universe at some point if they matter. Um, I I don't criticize the movie personally. I I just I just loved the experience. Oh yeah, I, I loved it all. I mean, the only the only main criticism I have, like if even a criticism at all. Uh, was the scale of it, right? Like, how did they get all these resources? Not, none of that was answered, but at the same time, it didn't need to be, right? Like, I mean, we talked about it here. I didn't think about it. Like, yeah, like, the Sith Empire might have been preparing for this ever since the fall of the Sith Empire, you know, before the establishment of the, uh, the Galactic Republic. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, so that, this mm-hmm. might have been like a 5,000-year-old a, a long game that we just didn't know about, you know, and oh, it was yeah. so well flipping hidden. And, um, you know, like, the, there could be so much more going on than, than we... Uh, know of as as the audience watching the story unfold and i mean it was a small universe from like the original trilogy standpoint until uh, the prequels came out and they're like no there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of, of star systems like per sentence like one huge city and you know there's so much going on uh so yeah i mean i i liked it i liked the whole thing like there's really like the only part I felt was like slow. It wasn't even slow to be like, oh, it was so boring. It was just, it was slower because I think it needed to be. And that was, you know, Ray's kind of Indiana Jones quest of finding the second wayfinder. Um, mm-hmm. I felt was, you know, like I think the second watch, that was the one time I was like, oh, it's kind of slow. And then I watched it the third time and all, all of a sudden it was good again. And I cracked up so much because I just recently rewatched uh, Alice in Wonderland, um, the original. And uh, the woodpecker mom like starts yelling, serpent, 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 you know, and, and it was so funny to me because like I watched that between the viewings and then 3PO like, you know, turns around and says exactly the same thing, serpent, 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 you know, with no, nothing to help the situation, right? Like do something about it. It was just stating the obvious in like the loudest possible way. And so that cracked me up, you know, there I am laughing like an idiot. <laughs> third row, yeah, third row for like a, a Down syndrome, you know, uh, celebration event uh, where my wife was actually trooping um, as a TIE fighter pilot. I, I want to oh, say wow. it's on my Instagram. So if you go on my Instagram, um, you'll, you'll see it. There's like a little collage there. Uh, and she is the shorter of the TIE fighters flanking Darth Vader. What? Yeah, no, it's, so it's cool. a legit costume. It's a legit kit. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no criticism here. I just I enjoyed the whole thing, and and honestly, it made up for certain things, like you know, like like the Last Jedi. Even like there's certain things that had to be done, and and, and, and you know, it was supposedly you know Han Solo's movie for Episode Seven. It was supposed to be Luke's story for Episode Eight. It was supposed to be Leia's story for Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Tragically, you know, we we lost Carrie Fisher. But they did what they could with what footage they had in the most respectful way that honors, I feel, her and, and sticks to the story that was, you know, available to be written. I, I think it was good, you know, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, not to mention an incredible marketing move by Disney creating another saber for you to buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was, what a cool scene that was. Yeah. What a cool scene that was. Yeah. The end scene with her new saber? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the uh, made out of the hilt of her her uh, uh, staff, and and uh, or or what we don't know because we didn't see the other side of it. You know, could be part of her staff right. in some way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do we? How I do we? Part of her staff. How do we feel about the color? 
I love it. Yeah, love it. Totally. Love I it. love the gold um, in, in lore, and, and this is a canonized because it's in um, Star Wars Galaxy Hero, uh, a gold-colored saber blade uh, indicates that you are a Jedi guardian. Yes. So now Rey is the end of the Jedi Order, and I love that. Perfect. And it, it makes total sense with, um, you know, it, 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 where she's literally guarding the, the sabers of Luke and Leia, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that becomes part of that. Yeah, it's, I think it's amazing. And the sacred wonder- Jedi texts. Yes, yes. exactly. She'll, she still has those. I'm wondering if, like, you know, I don't know that this particular saga is truly over. Like, it might be over from, like, a Skywalker, you know, the Skywalker generation story. And, and, and you know, who knows? Because, like, Anakin was supposedly, you know, like an immaculate conception. Um, there's a lot of uh, theories that, you know, either Plagueis or um, Palpatine created Anakin, you know, for the very purpose of creating, like, a pure force being for him to yeah. eventually... Yep. take over and embody which is something we know now is tr- you know potentially true right yep. a new beta and um it could very well be the case that uh, ages from now right like we'll get like another saga and you'll hear about this legend of some you know jedi master you know ray skywalker and what was that all about you know she wielded a gold lightsaber and it's going to be these you know a new bunch of wrong rambunctious young kids or something that try to figure out the universe for themselves yeah so, I, I actually don't think, think I, I don't think it's over either. Um, you know, as much as they say the Skywalker saga, well, Lucas always said it was about Anakin, right? It was not about Luke. It's it's about Anakin, his redemption, his his bringing balance to the Force, um, and and then obviously then the you know the the sequel trilogy extended that to their grandchildren, mm-hmm. but. Be, but beyond that, I actually think we're going to see this come back way sooner because the characters are so particularly, I mean, I, you know, as much as the criticisms are of the Rise of Skywalker, I don't see a lot of criticism of Rey herself. I mean, there was in The Force Awakened, like, oh my God, how did, you know, this nobody has all these powers. Well, we kind of get it now, you know, so I, I, I think we're going to see Rey very, very soon, whether, it, whether she comes back into some of the expanded um, you know, uh, Disney Plus t- TV series, or whether she's in one of the movies, um, I do think we're going to see some of these main characters come back sooner. It won't be in a, you know, they've said it's not going to be in a trilogy format where it's mainly about her, but she may be one of the primary protagonists in a different story. Okay. So that's cool. We have our protagonists who are going to be the antagonists now moving forward. Well, the prophecy of the Sith is that there is always two. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who's lurking? Mm-hmm. Is, who's lurking? Who's lurking out there? <laughs> Who knows? Is it Broom Boy? Is Broom Boy <laughs> Sith? Is, is Who he knows? dark? I, I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, I mean, we, we have physical therapy backgrounds here, you know, or at least we talk in that community. Balance is dynamic, right? Like, that's the other thing that I felt a lot of fans um, got wrong. They're like, well, the balance is never made or restored. Also, balance is always dynamic. You're going to have a flow into the light. You're going to have a flow into the dark, right? Restoring the balance, you know, or, or bring balance to the fore doesn't mean that it's a permanent situation. That's right. Yeah, that balance, I think, is, is the crucial aspect that will bring this back. And again, it may not be, you know, centered around the Skywalkers and it may not be centered around Palpatine. And, you know, I, I hope he's dead this time. Um, but <laughs> I, the, I don't need Palpy back. <laughs> no, no. I, but, but I mean, it, it could be someone, it could be anyone, it could be someone brand new, but 
it it ultimately that is the that is the thing about it is that in this universe there there will always be the pull to both sides and then the balance between and there's so much that can be explored that doesn't involve you know any of the characters that we know now they could you know these new trilogy or the, where they were talking about bringing the trilogies it's too bad the game of thrones guys are gone but um the uh you know any of the new the new stuff that they're bringing out like there's so much direction they could go with still the same basic universe and the same concepts around uh the light dark and the balance in the force and it's just so many stories you can tell which which is so cool and it sure. doesn't have to be force centric too that's one of the things i feel that we we got with uh, rogue one was that we didn't need the Force to be present in the Star Wars universe for yeah. it to be a Star Wars movie. I mean, I flipping love Rogue One. You know, it, it fixed so many problems um, from like a, like, a, like, a, like a continuity standpoint. Even Solo, as yeah. much as like I have like, I have some issues with Solo. Like that's probably one of the few movies I have like even a small issue with because I'm a happy fan. Um, but <laughs> he covered some issues there because... In episode four, you know, Han Solo's bragging about how he's outrun Corillian ships. Well, I thought he was talking about like himself. Like, I have a YT thirteen, you know, a YT thirteen hundred uh, Corillian freighter, and I've outrun my own ships. It's like that's not a good bragging point. But then, you know, with with Solo fixing that problem, showing that Corellia and this retconned, you know, a lot of Corellia's history, which made me sad, but it made sense now for the greater lore that Corellia became a, an Imperial shipyard that got taken over and they're building Mark one uh, star destroyers, which were the fastest, you know, uh, battle worthy ships in that time, um, at least in a straight line. <laughs> and so, um, and, and that then all, all of a sudden made sense that, you know, it's a big deal that a millennium Falcon can outrun uh, Imperial starships that were made from Corellia. Cause they, he wasn't talking about, um, you know, like the quote local bulk cruisers that you see in the Clone Wars, like the dreadnoughts and that kind of stuff. You was talking about Mark Ones and Mark Twos that were very fast. That even blockade runners like the Ten and Four had issues outrunning. And and the Corellian um, uh, corvettes, those uh, Ten and Four type frigates, were made to outrun you know Mark One and Mark Two uh, Imperial Star Destroyers. So you know that fixed the lore there, and or at least explained it away and gave us some you know palpable context. Like I love this stuff. Like it just gets me. It gets me all happy. Yeah. <laughs> the awesome. advantage of being a happy fan and not uh, um, a pessimist. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So and what's next? We have Kenobi that's been confirmed on Disney Plus, right? Very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Super huge. Has anything else been confirmed? Cassian Andor. Yeah. Cassian. Yeah. That'll be good. That, that's the other part I liked about it. Cassian, like, you know, he was a hero of the Republic, but he wasn't happy about the stuff he had to do for the war. Yeah. You know, like it made it truly a war. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I like uh, Clone Wars is like you get this feel of this gritty galactic civil war and like nobody wanted this. And like you get this idea of how evil Palpatine is because he's pulling the strings just to make all this happen, you know, in a way that he wants to happen. What a master of the long game. Yeah. Truly. I would, how cool would that be to have a a young Palpatine? I'd be down. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. I'd be down with that. I think that'd be a great, uh, that'd be a great, you know, either one off or a series or a book or something. I think that'd be fantastic. You get to see a bit of a play guess. You get more history of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, you can bring wayfinders and the holocrons into it. 
Um, you can bring like the old Republic into it, you know, Darth Nihilus, Darth, um, what's his name? Uh, Darth, uh, thinking of Revan. Sion, Revan, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get Darth Treya in there, Dark Malith, Darth Malik. Yeah. Probably the which, most important thing, find out who he was shacking up with. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> who would shack up with him? Yeah. <laughs> um, did you guys know, speaking of some of these uh, older Sith Lords, like that, uh, like Revan, that, that that's actually canon now? Because the, uh, heard, yeah. yeah, you guys heard that, that the, the, uh, in the Citadel, um, on Exegol, those statues were them, and they confirmed that, that there were a number of those previous Sith Masters. How cool is that? Yeah, that's Super very cool. cool. Well, I figured it was canon because it was in like some of the video games, um, but that's really cool to know that the, the statues uh, represented some of the old Sith Lords. Yeah. Did, have you guys played uh, Knights of the Old Republic? Have you guys played that? Or? Old I game. never did. No. I, I, I played like bits and pieces of it, but I didn't get to go through like story arcs or anything like that. It was yeah. fun though. It was one of the few games that you actually got to like meaningfully wield a lightsaber. Yeah. And now there's Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, ha- I have like that it. on order. It's, it's coming next week. <laughs> cool. Yet, All right. Well, I won't spoil <laughs> I'm it. Staying, I'm staying away. Like I, I know myself and it's like, I'll, I'll get nothing done and no sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm also having to fight my, my urge to buy that game as well. Uh, did we think, did you guys think they were going to kill Chewie off? At a moment, yes. Yeah. Like, like, in that moment, like, I was very, like, they did that scene perfectly. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think that, you know, Ray's, like, Dark Emergence, I think they did that perfectly. And I always, that's the other thing was um, back in, um, in the throne room where they, they killed one of the Snokes, um, who's obviously a clone now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Ray always fought with anger. That's why I always thought that she had dark side lineage. She never, she was never not angry. Like even when she uh, took out Kylo Ren on um, Starkiller base, which by the way, I'm very happy they fixed that issue of like lightsabers being apparently just like tasers versus actual cutting instruments. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, was, uh, you know, like she fought angry, you know, she was never mm-hmm. peaceful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> I just, and, like, like, everything moves to the next thing. That's why I, I love that continuity. You know, even when there doesn't seem to be continuity, eventually it, it shows up. And they've, they've, cause they've pointed out the jabbing motion too, right? That yes. Palpatine also used. Mm-hmm. Which the, that was one of the first picks that, um, that uh, I know a number of people that I read um, picked up on. And, and certainly it was one, one that I was like, Oh, that's Palpatine right there. Right. You know, you, so you, you, you get those things and it goes back to, cause, cause you think of uh, what Daisy Ridley herself said right after the force awakens came out, she's like, it was obvious who yeah, it's obvious who I am. Yeah. Who I am. Right. But you know, obviously as fans, we don't know, but you can pick up these clues and you don't, you know, you, you say, Oh, it could be, this could be that. You, you don't know what she's thinking, but it, like looking back on it, it's like, Oh my God, how obvious was that? Right. Like there's so many clues that that can lead you to think that that is exactly what's happening is that she's a palpatine yeah but that's hindsight right empress palpatine yes (laughs) my second okay so my second favorite um uh scene in uh rise of skywalker was um luke's redemption of his failure on um dagobah with uh, raising the like the the extra that was cool. Oh, love that, that. was so cool. And then the, then Ray's wow. flying red red five and yep. like wearing his helmet. It's like oh, this is like that yeah. was the best. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, the mu- the music got me so much. Like, like I I know nothing was as new as some of the other have shown to be, but like I don't think it. You know the 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 composition was so good, weaving in all the various uh, persona themes that we've gone to. You know, we've come to love and know so well in Star Wars. Uh, yeah, that was a great scene of uh, of Luke like being finally successful of raising his own starfighter out of the out of the muck. <laughs> yeah. Playing Yoda's theme, right? Which, you know, going mm-hmm. back to what that was, is that that was Yoda's theme that was being played. Same theme that 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 was playing at that scene in in 5 in Empire that, you know, mm-hmm. when when Yoda exactly. played. Oh, so cool. And and to me, like I I was thinking about this and, you know, what is it about Star Wars that you love? And I mean, there's so many things that you could pick out of it. But one thing that doesn't go mentioned enough in my opinion and we haven't yet until now it is the music and like how masterful John Williams is in terms of tying characters together and tying scenes together and just like oh it's so amazing I, I do all of my work to Star Wars music that's like love that that's, that's why you're I so do. successful yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah no <laughs> um, but it's honestly it's it it's so powerful emotionally that you just you get you get sucked into it and you know if you ever try watching the movies without sound it's like okay this is cool but you know yeah. it's not the voices sometimes it's the voices when it's like vader like, like i get that but ultimately it is the music it is the music that, mm-hmm. that ties that emotion in because can you imagine some sort of campy 80s you know type theme going through that almost happened like i think i remember like watching a special about that and um they were eventually they were actually thinking about making it more like a rock and roll type song right because you know 77 so they're like you know we're gonna acdc this thing you know and yeah yeah, right like like going down the trench right yeah (laughs) 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 you know but then like williams like no 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 like we need some timeless this and so he put in orchestral music incredible yeah yeah and he got a cameo too yes oh i missed that where was that Oh, he was, it was some cantina, right? I forgot what yeah, planet he, they were He was on. the bartender, yeah. Oh Very my nice. gosh. Yeah. Wow, I totally missed that. Gotta go watch it a fourth time now. Yeah, he's, know, he's right? the one, he's got the, he's the bartender with the eye patch. And the eye peaks, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so man. what was, what was your favorite, not your number one scene, Jody? I'm blending Jedi and Scotty Jedi, now. Jedi, Jedi, Scotty. <laughs> oh, it, it's the one I already. It, it's the one I already said. It's the it's the one with uh, Ray, Ray, and you know, getting the Force. Oh, uh, force um, ghost. Yeah, the Force ghost voices, and you know, her her channeling the Force at that one moment. That that was my favorite for sure. Very cool. And and Ben, you, uh, my favorite was actually the opening sequence and how because um, you know you have to remember that prior to essentially the end of The Last Jedi, Poe had not yet met Rey. Like the three yeah. primary characters had yet to be in the same room, which I think is a little bit of a lost opportunity from a, a just a audience enjoys a standpoint, but you also understand why that had to be the case, you know? And like, even like, <laughs> so, so my first favorite scene is, um, is that when they finally come down, you know, and, and you know, Poe's like, it's on fire, it's on fire. I'll, all of it, all of it's on fire, you know, yeah. and they're getting into a fight, you know, and it's like, they're just bickering, like, like siblings. I dug it. I loved it so much. I, like in that moment, I was like, this is going to be an amazing movie. Like it's going to be an amazing movie because the characters are there. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just a story, but the characters are physically there and embodying it. You know, like like Poe uh, crashing the Falcon a little bit into one of the tight spaces, you know, and uh, Chewie's all mad. And he's like, I know, I know, I'm so sorry. You know, like, yeah. I'll fix it. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Love that, that one. And my second favorite one was um, when he shows up uh, and, um, and and Zori is there, you know, on, I just, I'm blanking on the, the planet. Oh, yeah. Oh. What was Zori's yeah. planet? Uh, oh, that was K- Kajimi. Kajimi. Kajimi, there you go. Yeah, and it got destroyed, sadly, but I'm glad, it, you know, she got out, as did, you know, hey, hey, Babu Fred. And, nice. um, but what I really liked was, was showing his backstory, right? And then Finn, being the punk he is, he goes, he goes Poe Dameron, Spice Runner, Runner yeah. of Spice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm still dying from it. You know, it's just like, you were a stormtrooper, you were a scavenger. You're like, no, but you're still a Spice Runner. We need yeah. to know more about this. <laughs> That's right. We could do this all day. <laughs> I oh my gosh I love that stuff that, that's like like that that kind of like depth how um you know what it reminds me of it reminds me a lot of Ocean's Eleven in that sequence you know in series where they have their own language you know like you know we need a Grease Man we need Ella Fitzgerald you know like we need all these different things and it, it's it's like we need you know we have Spice Runner what is that you know like they haven't really covered you know spice and Bakta smuggling um in the more popular lore. Uh, to understand how dangerous it is, how lucrative it is, that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I love it because, you know, now it's there and it's dangled in front of the casual fan and and now we have to know. Mm-hmm. And it will be covered at some point. It will be covered. I'm sure Mando is going to cover that. I can't oh, yeah. imagine them not c- talking about like Bakta or Spice um, in Mando just because he's in that like criminal underworld type place. Yeah, it's so gritty that that, that that's exactly where it belongs. I agree. And Ahsoka, I think they might bring Ahsoka in into Mando in some fashion. Oh, I awesome. hope so. Yeah, that you would. Know, I think Sabine Wren belongs there in, in some respect. Um, wouldn't mind them even showing some of the Rebels characters. Uh, we need to know what happens to Ezra and Thrawn. Uh, theoretically, they're not dead, but we don't know about that. But, you know, uh, General Hera Syndulla, she's probably mm-hmm. still around. We should probably be able to see her. So there's so much good stuff there. Oh man! So so I heard. Uh, read, it was actually late last night when I couldn't sleep. I was reading because uh, I do this often, reading more Star Wars um, stuff. And there's there's a rumor. It's not confirmed, but um, it's from the guys that, uh, that there's a particular group that kind of knows what they're talking about. Um, which one is it? Which one is it? Um, Black Star series Wars rebels. Uh, no, uh, no. Star Wars, Star Wars theory. Underground. Star Wars explained. Ah, okay. Underground. underground. It's the uh, the Star Wars underground guys that uh, that bring it back. Anyway. They and they reference the explained the, the explained in the Star Wars theory side, but anyway, that they're doing a follow up sequel to Rebels, and so they're the story is supposed to center on um, Sabine and Ahsoka, which obviously, Ooh. if you've seen the end of of the you know the first part of Rebels, the end of the series of Rebels, you know what their mission is, right? Like they are on a search, and uh, like that would be so amazing to bring in. And if that tied into Mando somehow, holy shit! Like <laughs> like this is this is like you know again we're talking about bringing all this stuff together. Like you know have two Disney Plus shows that actually overlap. Wow. That would be so and cool. And they show that they can do it. You know, with the MCU having everything overlap, like it, it's successful. It's not weird or, or corny. Like it, it's actually very exciting. So yes, I think they can do it. I think they should do it. I think they, they, you know, they will do it very well if they choose. Absolutely. 
And then we'll have the uh, Mace Windu series because he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. We they say we, he is. We didn't see him die, right? He just fell off somewhere. Coruscant's a big place. Yeah, he's strong. Well, I mean, he didn't get chopped in half like Maul and Maul's alive. So. I know Maul, right? Maul had little crab legs, <laughs> yeah. you know, in Rebels yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, are they gonna Are they gonna bring Manal up? Oh, sorry, are they gonna bring Maul back in this Kenobi series? Oh, I think they have yeah. to. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think they have to, and I would love to have a live action reenactment of their their second duel on Tatooine. Like, yes. I think, I think, I, I think it's owed to fans because I mean, yeah, it's already th- fleshed out in, in you know computer animation for Star Wars Rebels, but you've got to show that in in actual physical form in some fashion, you know, like in in a live action format, even if it's like you know, like overlaid the way um, the flashback was with Luke and Leia training on her last training day. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like fans are owed another rendition of that epic duel. Yeah. It was only like five seconds anyway, right? Yeah. Well, it, was hey, very I mean, it was super fat, but I loved it. Like, did you guys see the, um, like I, I, I like watched like a 30 minute, like form by form breakdown of, of Kenobi Sarisu and how that he, is awesome. He changed that back to, uh, Qui-Gon's preferred style which cued Maul into using the same move that he used to defeat Qui-Gon Jinn. But Obi-Wan, old Ben, being older and wiser now and having years probably to meditate on the loss of his former master, uh, came to a, you know, with a counter to that. And three strokes, bam, 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 comes straight down the middle. You know, and I think that's, that was a great... Um, and you know the creators are thinking about this stuff. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be, uh, um, you know, we, we sort of assume that Obi-Wan has, hasn't left Tatooine, but I mean, like, that would be, that's a lot of time for him to stay on one planet. Um, I, I think but, he moved around. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I think so, I too. Think was, I don't think he just stayed on Tatooine, and, and that's the other thing, too, is that Star Wars is a story of places, you know, and, and that's why, like, you know, it's the whole, like, oh, every planet has one ecosystem. <laughs> but it's just because you don't have time to tell some of those locational stories, but I think that's another, you know, beauty of it. You know, you really see it come to life in Galaxy's Edge. Yes, very much so. That's awesome. And what are some other? What's the biggest takeaway from this? From the uh, the recent trilogy on how this made you a baron, a better uh, parent? Like you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have this written down. I need to. I need to flush it out. But um, so much of it, I feel, was. I feel like people are angry these days and like it that way. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's, you know, we're all the Hulk and we like it. Um, yeah. And we say we don't, but we do. Cause you know, it's like, it's, it's the whole frenemy concept, right? Like you like, it's uh you love hating on it or whatever the terminology is. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was, I was having this conversation with my son. I forget exactly the context. I know I was driving and, and that kind of thing. Um, but this whole last, you know, trilogy uh, sequence, made me a better parent because I had to explain to Nathan, my son, you know, that this is a story. It's the story we get to enjoy, but it's not the story that we get to write. Like I don't own Star Wars. He doesn't own Star Wars. And if he wants to tell a Star Wars story, I mean, he can do that in his playtime, right? I did that all the time as a kid. Like I had a a flat rock I found in the garden that became my Millennium Falcon, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And like, um, it's very low budget fan fiction. it was like very much, you know, it was solo, but it was, uh, it reminded me of Charlie Brown's, uh, the great pumpkin, you know, yes. like 
I got, I got a chocolate. I got a gum, you know, and like Charlie Brown. I got a rock. <laughs> but it, womp, it, it womp. Made, exactly. But I got to I got to share with him this kind of bit of wisdom that you know not every story is ours to tell nor ours to write, but we get to enjoy it. We get to enjoy it for what it is, and we get to learn from the lessons and however you choose to glean it. You know, some lessons are a little bit more amorphous, and and you can kind of pick and choose the way you want to learn that lesson. Others are, are very clearly spoken. Um, and, and, you know, the big lesson that I wanted to impart on my son is, you know, when these stories come, you know, and, and when you get to get these stories, you also have to remember that many times you play a part in that story. And I think that's one of the beauties of, of the Star Wars uh, universe and fandom is that in many ways, uh, especially with like, you know, the park areas like Galaxy's Edge, um, you get to become a part of that story. But that also means you have to be responsible for how you tell that part of the story, of your story. Um, and, and that made me a better parent, I felt feel, in that um, I have to impart that in, in the way I live, right? You lead by example. And so I need to be responsible in the way I tell my life story uh, to my son uh, as he gets to actively watch it out and as he kind of starts writing his own. Uh, and... and you know, instead of being angsty about like, oh, that didn't get told the way I wanted to, or you, you missed the opportunity here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in, instead of being that person, you can choose to be that happy fan where you get to enjoy and focus on all the good things, you know, and like nobody's ever improved by mulling over what's gone wrong. Most people improve by working on what has gone right and perfecting it. Yeah. That's, that's a very Obi, Obi-Wan versus Maul point there. That's mm-hmm. that's that's such a great life lesson to to uh, to tell to Nathan, Scotty. Anything on that? Well, it uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, certainly not. I haven't fleshed it out the way Ben has. Like that's that's pretty awesome. But I I mean that I do talk to my kids about like let's just enjoy it. You know, yeah, you might not have liked it, but let's let's enjoy the story. And so that's that is something. But um, for me, it's actually taken more to the. I know we're not really talking rehab here today, but like this this is sort of taken over. For me, in in some of the work that I've been doing from uh, um, uh, in the rehab world, and and my it's it's actually formed not directly, but you know I see these tie-ins between you know mental health and and um, you know patient expectations and therapeutic alliance and the the concepts around mindfulness and and uh, you know mindset and things like that, and it's it to me it it brings in that whole concept of how the force parallels that and how, you know, if we look at things from the right perspective and take things from the right perspective, you know, our outcomes from a rehab perspective are, you know, hugely different and where it doesn't matter the ins and outs of what we do, whether we dry needle, whether we, you know, you know, poke and prod with tools, whether we exercise, whatever we do, but it's like, it's that, it's that con- that bigger concept that you know you have the mindset to improve you just have to have the will it's the do or do not you know there is no try concept right and and that's really solidified as i've been delving into that sort of reading and watching the movies and going wow that's there's such a parallel there and it's it's so to me to me it, i think it has opened my eyes and helped me open my eyes to to a larger world in rehab and your website is thestrengthjedi.com. So there's some, definitely some parallels. Yes. Which, which I am explain. I am, I haven't flushed it out yet, but I am, uh, I do have a blog post planned for that concept, which, yes. which is going to be super awesome. Yes. 
Is there anything that we can learn from the Sith lore about how to be a better clinician? <laughs> is there any, anything that they got right? You know what? I actually feel like there is. There's actually a lot. Um, like uh, most people know I'm pretty far removed from the clinical world um, and have been for some time. It doesn't mean that I've lost my roots in there, which is kind of fun because every once in a while I'm, I'm hired out to like uh, reteach kettlebells and, and, and different things like that. Um, and it's really funny to me personally, like I'm watching myself kind of un, unveil that side of me, that like clinical side of Ben that isn't very well known. I'm like, oh, I, I still got it. You know? yeah. and, um, one thing I feel that uh, we see the Sith do right, I feel, is replication. They are good at playing that long game replication. And I feel like we, uh, in, in all of healthcare, not just in, in rehab, like in physical rehabilitation, whether you're, you know, PTOT speech or, you know, ATC or recreational therapist. But I feel like as much as it is our identity to um, express ourselves as Jedis, right? Like you find your own Kuiper crystal, you find your own fighting style, you find your own strengths in the force um, and different talents and that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like we lose a little bit of consistency there. I think that's one thing that the Sith have done right that we can learn from as, as clinicians is there are some strengths that we really are good at that are shown to be very much, you know, for, for lack of better terms, battle effective, right? Like tested through that, um, whether it's through evidence-based or whatnot, um, that we should replicate in mass, you know, and, and pass it down from, you know, when you, you know, there's always two, right? We should pass that down. <laughs> you know, to, to ourselves, you know, to whoever you choose to mentor, uh, whether it's through, you know, a formal program of mentorship or not, you know, residentship or whatever, like certain strengths that I feel that, uh, I almost like every PT should know. Like, I feel like, uh, like one evidence-based thing that I feel that everyone should know is the McKenzie method. You know, we don't have to be credentialed in it, but that's something we should all pass down and have some background and understanding in versus just kind of copying it to, oh, it's all a bunch of backbends. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, you know, force lightning is force lightning and every Sith has that capability. You know, it might be a bunch of backbends, but it can also kind of F things up pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, we want, you might want to learn it. I don't think that's a comparison that's ever been made. McKenzie <laughs> and force lightning. It's great. Yeah, valid, valid, super valid there. Scotty, anything on the Sith yeah, that's going to make the, you a better person? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think it, it does. To me, it's, the, it's, it's not one perspective, whether it be the Jedi or the Sith. To me, it's the, it's, it is the balance. And, Ooh, and very, I really, very gray of you, Jet, uh, Scott. Well, I was very just going to, like yes, I, I was like just going to say it's, you know, it is around the, 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 the grayness that, you know, like they're, they're, having two polarized sides of things. And this happens so much in our world, right? You know, that things are so polarized. No, it's always light or it's always the dark side. And, you know, the truth always lies in the middle. And that, that, is, that is so common uh, uh, of a mistake for particularly new clinicians, and even established clinicians to, uh, to make is, is to be very dogmatic about one side or the other. Whereas, you know, if you can learn to embrace both sides of it, so you learn to embrace the, the the goodness in what we do plus the consistency and bring the emotion that these sith bring in that's that is one of the things that i think is is a real advantage Oof. of the dark side is bringing the emotion into 
into that uh, um, into that balance um, from the gray perspective that the Jedi don't do well um, and they don't know how to control that, right? They, when they do, then they're, they screw up, right? And then they turn to the dark side or they do massive things like destroy younglings and, you know, in fits of rage. Who would you know, do that? But, yeah, I don't know, but nobody, nobody good, but, <laughs> but no, it's, it, to me, it's that balance is learning how to control, control those emotions, control the, um, the middle ground where, where the magic happens. Yeah. But make sure you stand on the high ground. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which oh. is the high ground. High, okay. Middle ground is the high ground. Middle ground. Okay. Yeah. There Got you it. go. I just wanted to make sure. I'm That's safe. Good. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to <laughs> underestimate anybody. Droids, none the least. <laughs> nice, right? Good Carrie Fisher uh, reference. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They they brought that one back from uh, from a deleted scene from the Force Awakens, which I didn't mind um, because it was a deleted scene. But uh, um, I re- I really liked that they brought that actually into the the main movie uh, when she when she men- mentions not in, underestimating droids. Yeah. Were you happy the way they 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 ended uh, Princess Leia? Anyways, Personally, I, I I loved it. Yeah, I, I think I think it was amazing. I think um, they they did justice to her. Um, the only CGI was when they had to, and that was you know when they made her younger, um, and then the Force Ghost at the end. Because uh, um, but that was based on you know a real picture. So, um, but then everything else was was her, and and to me that was the perfect perfect way of uh, commemorating Carrie Fisher. But then to bring that into how Leia herself redeems Ben and she plays such an integral role of correcting the wrongs that, uh, that happened between when she was training to be a Jedi, decided to give it up because she felt like things were going to turn bad. Um, and if she became a Jedi, which they turned, you know, Ben turned bad anyway, but to have her redeem Ben. And then when Ben was fully redeemed, saved Ray, he melts into the forest. She melts into the forest at the same time. To me, that was perfect. Yeah. I mean, that would have been cool to see some more Ben Solo lightsaber battles as light side, <laughs> light side Ben. That was fun. That I, was cool. I really, I really enjoyed that. He's like, okay, round two. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Can we get a timeout? Uh, yeah. Is this halftime? <laughs> You know, yeah, call the rest. Oh, we're all dead. Where the <laughs> fuck did that saber come from? <laughs> did you pull that out of your ass or what? <laughs> Is that what the force means? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's even a photo that somebody found of, of Han Solo um, uh, in Return of the Jedi after shooting some, uh, some uh, uh, I forget what, what the, what's, what's the Ewok planet again? Endor? Endor, Endor. Well, yeah, he's on the Endor. Moon, the moon of, en- moon of Endor. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and he's doing a shrug, and they compare it to uh, to Kylo oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben doing the shrug. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, when he when he, uh, when he got the he, he put on the uh, ATST helmet and uh, called into the uh, the uh, base that had the uh, shield generator, and it's like they're all fleeing to the woods. Come on out. Yeah, yeah. He has that shrug. The solo shrug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. All right, so great, great therapy podcast, you guys. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, we did tie so we, it in. I mean, we, we got there at the end. Oh, for sure. It all is all relatable. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, this is more important than anything in physical well, therapy, yeah. I would say. Absolutely. Well, uh, life lessons and how these you are. are these are life lessons. You know, yourself and to each other. 
you know um, yeah i feel like we've, we've missed that as a society uh as a whole you know like the world has gotten so career oriented that um like i feel like it's consumed our lives and not in a good way you know it's great for to sure. have a life's work but it's bad if the work becomes your life for sure wow that was very <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's john williams where's the music yeah we, that's what that's what's missing yeah might get banned on itunes though <laughs> Ooh, we would we would get flagged uh have, have any of you guys ever been to uh to the lucasfilm headquarters no 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 not lifestyle right there that's in san francisco right yes okay so i have a, a very dumb story that i'll uh that I'll share real quick. So I was, I was in San Francisco uh, as a PT student a couple years back for, the, for an SFMA um, level one, right? And uh, are you still there? Am I not cutting out? No, 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 no we're yep, good. All, we're good. We're yep. listening. And, uh, you know, as you do, I was with some PT friends like, oh, you know, uh, Kelly Sturette's gym's right down the street, San Francisco CrossFit. Let's go check that out. Um, so, I got, you know, we Uber there. Actually, I was by myself. I Uber there do a workout, you know, hang out with him for a bit. And, you know, I'm, I decide, you know, I'm just going to walk back to, to where this bus stop was. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to catch an Uber because we were there, you know, two days ago. I know how to walk to this bus stop. And I kind of get lost, you know, because I'm not that good with directions. The force wasn't with me. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I find myself walking on this campus. And I'm like, oh, this is a, this is, feels like a nice community college campus. This is cool. And I'm, and I'm, you know, trying to find out where the bus stop is. And I, I run across the statue uh, near a pond, and it's a statue of Yoda. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. They have Yoda on a statue here. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm, my head, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is some weird art school. And they're doing, like, some kind of a funny Yoda art project. Let's make a statue of Yoda. I think nothing of it. And I walk to the bus stop. And it doesn't hit me until I'm scrolling like a year later on Instagram and I see that same statue and I'm like, Oh, I, I know that statue. And I see the location is Lucasfilm. <laughs> and that's when I finally put two and two together and realized, Holy shit. I was just stupidly walking across the Lucasfilm headquarters like a dummy thinking it was some random community college. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that is crazy. You, you, you didn't get rounded up either. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I don't even know how I like, there, apparently security wasn't that strong. I was just randomly uh, hanging out. We've seen out of fanboys. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So was that close? Was that, I just, you know, I could have walked right in <laughs> the rooms. Well, well, now you got to go back and do that, right? And try and replicate that experience, but then actually know what you're doing. But then, I mean, it's all going to go wrong, right? Because then stormtroopers are going to start flying out of the, out of the doors. and Most likely you. Yeah. you get force yeah. choked. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so that's an embarrassing story, but uh, it happened. Whew. Any, any final thoughts as we're, we're closing up here, guys? Hmm. before we part ways we we well this is this is really delved into a lot of stuff final thoughts actually is is super cool to to chat with two other guys that are you know like in depth into this world and and uh you know i 
I've certainly, you know, from some of the experiences that you guys are talking about, I'm like, Oh shit, I got to check that out. And you know, it's just, to me, it's just, it's the same thing I said at the beginning is me. The biggest thing about this was how much it ties into the larger world and that it's not just about the movie. So that's, that's the last thing I want to say. Definitely. Ben, anything on your end? No, just good times, good chats. I think, uh, I think we should do this more often in the greater assembly, if you will. You know, I think we should talk about life and interests and things more often than billing and the mechanisms of dry needling and paint science. Yeah. I think if we did, we'd all be better for it. More pop culture references. Exactly. We've talked about that in the past too. But man, the, how you guys summed it up with, you know, blending emotion, kind of being in that gray aspect of blending emotion, avoiding the, the rigid dogmatic think, thinking that was the fall of the Jedi, right? During the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. That, that's such a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, transparent way to, to, um, to relate to patient care, to relate to, you know, business endeavors, however you want to, however you want to relate it to it. It can, it can relate to whatever you're going through and hopefully you can, Find some strength in that, just like Ray did when she was laying on the ground in Exile. Exactly. Yeah. So whenever you're in a tough spot, just imagine Mace Windu's whispering in, into your ear to rise. So perfect. Yeah. Guys, thanks. Thanks for uh, spending the time nerding out on a Saturday morning. Thank you for hosting. Yes. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to doing this again at some point. Maybe I, I'll catch up on the Mandalorian and we can, uh, we can focus on there that. There we go. Yeah, you there really got to get on that, man. Will do. All right, y'all. May the force be with y'all. Peace. Peace out. Take care. Talk soon. All right.